0: God, I know you give grace to the humble, so I ask you, God, to do a deep work in my heart and break me. Break me of my pride. Break me of my selfishness. Break me of anything that keeps me from knowing you. As hard as it is to ask God, do whatever it takes to break me. uh fur road on a a rainy day uh you know i I look forward to seeing you guys every week i really do it's kind of like a mini homecoming uh and where you just kind of come together with your your church family and so i'm glad you guys are here today we're in week two of our our series called dangerous prayers and and uh, each week in our three-week series i'm encouraging you guys to to pray a very simple pray prayer every day of the week and uh it's a simple prayer, but it can be a, a very difficult prayer and uh, sometimes a dangerous prayer. And so last week, I encouraged each of you to, to pray the prayer, Search Me, God. Uh, it, like I said, it can be a, a, a dangerous prayer, but, but I hope God has been working on your hearts this week. I, I, I passed out this card last week, and uh, if you didn't get one of these, there's more of these at the information table out in the lobby. Um, and then there's the new card. For this week, we'll be in front of you in the seat backs there, um, and so uh, we'll be talking more about that later. Um, by the way, I, I talked about, you know, dangerous things that we've done last week. I mentioned how when I had my Mazda RX-7, I, I drove pretty fast one time, and um, we got a lot of speed demons out here. I had a lot of you guys that came up to me, oh yeah, how fast did you go? <laughs> and, and so, um, yeah, just so you guys know, there's some... And one person was went that fast on a motorcycle, and I am not going to say names, but I am um, glad Jeff is still here with us. But yeah. oh, I said a name, didn't I? Yeah. So our verse last week was Psalm one thirty nine, twenty three, and twenty four. Uh, Search me, God, and know my heart; test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Okay? So, you know, if you haven't asked God to start searching you yet, it's not too late to do that this week or um, really anytime. Okay, it's, it's a great prayer to pray. God, search me. Okay? Um, but for those who did pray that prayer last week, if we are honest with each other and, and we went around the room about what God revealed, uh, I'm pretty sure there'd be some tough things that we'd be talking about. Um, things that that some of you would probably rather not have to deal with if you're honest and so um let me just remind you before we go on that god god loves you no matter what and uh, this isn't about just a, a god giving you a guilt trip for the the bad things that you do okay that's not what this is about it it's it's about doing whatever we can to be 100 percent sold out for god and then kind of taking away the the barriers that, that are hindering that relationship with God. And so, um, as we think about dangerous prayers, if you thought last week was dangerous, this week is even more dangerous. This is, we're going to kind of up things uh, a few notches this week. And so this week, we're giving God permission to go ahead and, and make some changes in our lives. Uh, we're committing to, to doing the hard work that needs done, and so we're asking God to break us this week okay i'm i'm asking you to pray the prayer god break me it's a follow-up to the prayer god search me and and i'm going to tell you right now it's not always pretty when we do this okay and and when you ask god to break you most likely it will get harder before it gets easier Um, in fact the idea that god will always make our lives easier as christians is 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 not a theologically sound biblical concept at all okay and and so you hear that sometimes that's not from the bible but but like i talked about last week the reason it is worth breaking down these walls is that they they stand in the way of a closer walk with god and if you don't want that then then there is something wrong along the way we we have done the wrong thing in, in in teaching about this um, because in your quest to be a, a fully devoted follower of Jesus you know what we, we want to be willing to do anything that we have to do and if not it it's watered down Christianity and, and so we, we need to say okay God even if it's hard when you break me I, I'm willing to do it so here so here's our key verse this week. It's part of Psalm 51, which is a, a whole chapter of repentance by King David. And it took place after David had been confronted by the prophet Nathan. And uh, he had had this affair with Bathsheba. And, and in our verse, David is, is basically explaining that he, he fully understands now what God is, is looking for. Um, and so here's our verse. It's Psalm 51:17. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O oh God. You see, David was hit with this kind of overwhelming sense of, of grief for what he had done. I mean, he had been trying to, to do the right thing for so long and trying to follow God, and, and for years he had been God's servant for so long. And, and now this happened. How, how could this happen? I believe his power. As a king, had created kind of a blind spot for him, and he didn't even see what was happening. And that, that's usually the case with sin. Okay, we, we don't set out to to be stuck in it. We don't say one day, okay, I'm gonna go get in this sin that I can't get out of. Okay, that that's my goal, right? We don't, nobody says that. It just happens. But his brokenness and his repentance helped kind of get him back on track with God again. You see, our, our sinful nature. It has a tendency to lead us astray. And, and if we don't stop to let God search us and break us along the way when we need broken, God, I don't think God can fully use us. And so this is important stuff. But but it's important, I think, to point out also that the, His brokenness led to a repentant heart, okay? Um, it's not one of those things where you, you feel bad for a few minutes and, and then ask God to forgive you and then you kind of just go do the same thing again, Okay. That's kind of missing the whole point. It's about God uh, going to God with a repentant heart, asking for forgiveness, and then changing your actions, going the other direction. So when we allow God to break us, we're willing to to make whatever changes we need to make. So when I was thinking about the idea of being broken this week, it made me think about wild horses being broken. Uh, And and there was a, a show for a while on the National Geographic channel. It was called Outback Wrangler. And it's about this Australian cowboy, and uh, I think he's pretty cool. <laughs> First of all, the the Australian accent is awesome. Good day, mate. Hey, that was pretty good. <laughs> um, but this guy, he would chase down wild bulls in in the Australian outback and catch them, and and uh, they would they would catch horses out in the wild and and uh, bring them in and train them and and. Uh, He's a pretty cool guy, and so, um, kind of have a little bit of man crush on. To be honest, but <laughs> he's awesome. So, um, so I'm going to show a clip of him breaking a, a wild horse in Australia. And there, there's a lot of different ways to break horses, but uh, this is the way they do it Australian style. And and uh, hopefully it doesn't offend anyone. But this is just kind of the way they do it. So let's watch this clip now. <laughs>
1: This big fella was the leader of the first mob we brought in. We're calling him Lightning. This is when you really need to read the animal to avoid a kick in the head uh-uh, or getting hung up in the ropes. It's easy to forget that these animals are wild. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa there, whoa there. Oh, there, oh, there, oh, there. So this was the main buck, the stallion, in one of the mobs that we brought in. Definitely is the proud one of of all the horses and the hardest to break in. But he's quiet now and he's learning to trust us. From here, we want to get a saddle on him. And try and ride him. Off him now. You're up, right, mate. You're mate. Right. Clancy will work with him now. Well, I start breaking in the next one. Come on, because we've got so many horses to get through in a short period of time. Where, we're sort of bringing them through. One person's leading them, and and just getting a holder on and once they get into here we're putting the saddle on them. Come on, saddle down. It's alright mate. Whoa. I've been riding stock horses Whoa. since I was six Whoa. and breaking them in since my teens. At this stage, my job is giving them the first ride. It's not the most comfortable ride to get started. Yeah, I'd like to give it a go, but you can see it would be pretty dangerous pretty quickly. It's
0: okay,
1: Nash. <laughs> I better get back on and try again.
0: So what would it take for you to get on that horse? <laughs> yeah? Anybody ever broken horses before? Yeah? All right. That's cool. Cool stuff, I think. Uh, and Some people might say, well, you know, you're changing the horse. Uh, you know, it's not the same horse anymore. You're just breaking its spirit. And, and, and I would say you're harnessing the, the horse's power okay he's he's bringing the horse of power under control and, and I, I think that's a pretty incredible thing and and so when you bring that back to us I think that the left on our own we're a lot like wild horses okay I, uh, we have a, a lot of power because of of the way God made us but but sin causes that power to to get out of control it's not harness God can't fully use it and so God created us in this an amazing way, but, but sin tainted us. And, and that wasn't the original plan, but God has said, it's okay. I, I still want to use you. Flaws and, and all. If, if you will put your power under my control. Okay, so we see this power coming under control throughout Scripture uh, with lots of different people. But probably my favorite example is the story of the Apostle Peter. And, and I feel like in, in a lot of ways... Peter was a kind of an unbroken stallion when Jesus asked him to to stop fishing and, and, and to follow him. And and Jesus knew that that Peter had a lot going for him to start with because he was a fisherman, right? Are you fisherman out there? You know, he's got to be a pretty good guy to start with. Amen. Okay. Yeah. Um and, and Peter quickly went from being a passionate fisherman to a passionate follower of Jesus. However, Peter had a problem. And uh, it's a problem a lot of us have. He, he often acted before he kind of thought completely about what he did or uh, what he was going to say or what he, what he had done. And, and I've, I've done that many times in my life where I kind of act before I think, right? And a lot of us do that. Uh, Peter is the one, remember, he walked on water by faith, first of all, and, and then all of a sudden he realized what was going on and he, he started sinking. And it's kind of like a a baby who starts walking and they realize all of a sudden oh i'm walking and then they they go back down and start crawling again um peter's also the one who when jesus asked the disciples who he was peter said oh you're the christ the son of the living god and and so he he was trying to, to fully support jesus and that was at a time when not that many people understood that yet um but Peter would say something really wise like that. But he's also the one who not too long after telling Jesus that he was the Christ, uh, he, he kind of reprimanded Jesus. Uh, if, if you remember when Jesus was telling the disciples what was going to happen to him soon in Jerusalem, Peter said, no, Jesus, you're wrong. That's, that's never going to happen to you. And that didn't go too well, did it? If you remember what, what Peter said or what Jesus said to Peter, get behind me Satan. Ouch. I mean, nobody wants to hear that, do you? Um, here's the deal. I think at this point, Peter, he was trying to follow Jesus, but he hadn't fully been broken yet, just like many of us. And then after Jesus had eaten the last supper with his disciples, he he, he was trying to tell them what, what they were about to do to him. And he basically predicted that they're about to, to run like little schoolgirls and, and with their tails between their legs. And uh, here's what he said in Matthew 26, 31 through 35. Then Jesus told them, This very night you will all fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter replied, Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Hey, truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the other disciples said the same. Oh, Peter, (laughs) you know, he he spoke up first and said, no way, that's not going to happen. I'm with you to, to my death, Jesus. And of course, later that night after Jesus was arrested, it says, then all of the disciples deserted him and fled and that includes peter and then later on that night peter tried to to quietly kind of come back and and watch what was going on from a distance and he was questioned about jesus and and uh, you know asked if he was a, a follower if he was with jesus and, and he denied it one time and then a second time and then a third time, just vehemently denying it. No, I don't know this guy. And he called curses down on him. And immediately a rooster crowed. And after Peter had denied him three times, that, that passage closed with the words, and he went outside and wept bitterly. I think this is a this is very key verse for Peter. Peter. I think this is a key point of brokenness for him. And, and as we look back on the life of Peter, I think this is where we're st- God started to really be able to break him and then eventually use him. B- Peter thought he was strong. He actually wasn't nearly as strong as he thought he, he was. Peter thought he was brave, and, and, and he wasn't nearly as brave as he thought he was. He thought he could go anywhere and do anything for Jesus, but he didn't at that point think he was still trying to do it under his power his own power he wasn't fully broken and and I often see people get excited about God for a while but it doesn't last long because they they really haven't truly surrendered everything over to God they're still trying to do it on their own they haven't been fully broken okay so fast forward past the death and resurrection of Jesus and and Jesus had already appeared to his disciples uh, after his resurrection, but they they didn't really have kind of their marching orders yet, and and so one day Peter is sitting around and he said, you know what, I'm going to go fishing, okay? Because fishermen they like to kind of process things while while they're fishing, and I think maybe that's what he was doing it. And, and so several of the, the other disciples joined him, and and while they were fishing, uh, Jesus appeared on the shore. They were out in a boat, uh, but they couldn't tell at first. Who it was, and, and they weren't catching anything. And, and this guy yells from the shore, Hey, try it on the other side. You'll catch some on the other side. And, and they did it. And, and right away, they caught a bunch of fish. In fact, it says they caught 153 fish, which I love that they included that detail in there because fishermen love to say how many fish they've caught, right? How many they caught and, and how big they are and they grow over time, right? And and so uh, they're excited. They caught all these fish, but right away when they caught those fish, they knew who this was. And Peter was so excited that that he just jumped out of the boat and started running to shore because he wanted to be reunited uh, with Jesus. And so he swam and swam and swam, and he gets in there. And, and there was a sweet reunion. They had breakfast with Jesus. But to be honest, there there was some unfinished business between Peter and Jesus. You know, remember, Peter had fled on the night Jesus was arrested, and then he, he vehemently denied that he knew him three times. And so three times in their conversation that, that morning, Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do, do you love me? And, and each time Peter would say, yes, I, I, I love you, Lord. And, and Jesus would say, feed my sheep. And the second time, same thing, do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, you, you know I love you feed my sheep and a third time he asked him again peter do you love me and and uh, he says he was hurt because you know jesus keeps asking him you know I, i love you lord you know all things but i think i think jesus was doing a couple things here first of all i think just like peter denied him three times jesus was asking him this question Three times, do you love me? It's kind of just a symbolic reminder of what had happened. But I also think Jesus knew that Peter had been broken at this, this time and he was ready for his marching orders. And I think he was saying, Peter, I forgive you. I, I see that you're broken. I'm restoring you and I have big plans for you. And so get ready. It's about time to go. Here's the thing, I think a lot of Christians have, have never gotten to that point where Peter got of being fully broken. They've never invited God to fully take over every part of their, their hearts. Um, and I, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty slow learner a lot of times in, in general, but there have been several times in my life where I've kind of gone through a time of being broken before a significant uh, breakthrough came in my life. And it's like God can't fully teach us in, until we're ready to be fully taught. And I, I've shared this story before, um, but some of you here haven't heard it yet, and so it's part of my testimony. I just want to share a little bit of that. When I went to college, I I was a, a business major and uh, played on the football team, and and really kind of walking on both sides of the fence in my faith. I feel like I kind of my Christian friends over here and I had my football friends over here and uh, really wasn't fully committed to Christ, to be honest. And uh, through getting involved in a campus ministry, God started working on my heart and just feeling like, man, I just uh, wasn't content in- inside. And uh, one day my sophomore year, we were playing uh, a- another team, and one of my teammates, his name was Darren Jerkade, and uh, he was a linebacker. He was a friend of mine who was in the same grade. He was a sophomore also, and he was having the game of his life. He was all over the field making tackles and, and sacking the quarterback. And um, with four minutes left in the game, he collapsed. And, uh, you know, you're thinking at first, you know, what? okay, what's going on, what's wrong? Uh, well, he never regained consciousness. And... Uh, he died that day and they they found out later that he had a enlarged heart and it was basically a ticking time bomb he didn't know about it and it basically exploded and uh probably shouldn't have ever been playing football but they didn't know about it and so uh they stopped the game right then that was the end of the game and and obviously it had a huge impact on our team and uh in the next few days, it just was felt like God was really working on me, Dan. To, you know, if, if you're going to do this Christian thing, d- do it right or don't do it. And so we, <laughs> the next week we hit, were supposed to have a game the next Saturday, and and uh, you know had the decision had to be made: are we going to even play the game? So the coaches had the players have a uh, players-only meeting, and uh, kind of talk about what we wanted to do and. Uh, we did decide that, that Derringer would want us to play the game, and so we went ahead and played the game. But as we were sitting there, it just felt like God was saying, Dan, you need to tell your teammates that you're a Christian and that you, you know what that means and that you'd love to talk to them. And, and I was thinking, no way, I can't do that, okay? First of all, I'm a kicker. They might just sit on me or something. But, um, but it, I just felt that, you know, just the urging of the Holy Spirit, like I never felt, you need to do this. So I stood up, said, "Guys, you know I I haven't been very vocal about my faith, but I want you to know I'm a Christian, and uh, you know I'd love to talk to you about what that means and what that looks like." And uh, it was a huge point. It was was a a moment for me where I drew the line in the sand, and and I'd love to say, "Well, there was this big revival on the team, and everybody, you know, came to Christ, and we went down and baptized the whole team." Now that that didn't happen. Um, I did have a chance to talk to, uh, over the next couple of years, a lot of guys about my faith and about Christianity. and um, But for me, it was a point of saying, God, I'm ready to do this 100%. And uh, that kind of led me on my journey um, of going into full-time ministry, which I never thought would ever happen. Um, and I, I've never looked back. And so, you know, here I, I was went into campus ministry for 13 years and now I've been in church ministry for for 12 years and and uh, I I don't think God could have led me in that direction if I hadn't allowed myself to fully be broken at that time now there's been some other times through the years that I've had to be broken again and so when I'm talking about this this is this is real stuff okay like I think honestly there's times that we are the problem because we're not allowing god to to really use us because we haven't fully given everything over to him let me get my sports analogy in here (laughs) Uh, coaches are always trying to get their athletes to to fully buy in to what they're doing as a team i always talk about that you know do they have full buy-in and and uh, you guys know I'm an Iowa State fan, and, and last year they, they finally had some things to celebrate, and they, they won a couple big games against top 10 teams, Oklahoma. <coughs> um. But their coach, Matt Campbell, he, he said several times uh, after, you know, the big wins, he, he was so proud of them because he felt like they were finally fully buying in. To what they were trying to do there at, at Iowa State, and so um, pretty sure that will mean this year that they win the Big Twelve and compete for the national championship, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. No, amens on that, but yeah, I'm in the wrong place. Um, so uh, after Peter was fully broken, um, after the death and resurrection of jesus and and the the appearance of jesus to the disciples and and then on the day of pentecost when the disciples receive the holy spirit we get to see the new fully committed fully bought in peter and and he was brave and and this is like a different guy and it's so fun to see if you look at back at the whole big picture peter's progression in this and so i want to read a section of of acts chapter 4 um it's a little long but i think we just we need to read this whole section so we kind of get this idea it's acts chapter 4 verse 1 through 13. the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the sadducees came up to peter and john while they were speaking to the people they were greatly disturbed because the apostles were teaching the people proclaiming in jesus the resurrection of the dead they seized peter and john and because it was evening they put them in jail until the next day Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And then listen to this. Verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Did you catch that? When they saw the courage... It's like I want to do that a boy. Good job, Peter. You did it. This is a different Peter. This is the same guy who, who fled into the night when Jesus was arrested, and the same guy who, who vehemently denied that he ever knew Jesus. He's now boldly speaking for Jesus. And this is in front of the, the Jewish religious elite who could give him a whole lot of problems when later they would. This is a different guy. But there was no doubt that Peter was a hundred percent sold out for Jesus. Now he had bought into what Jesus had had taught him for the past three years. Peter had been broken, and he came out the other side stronger for Jesus. You know, it would be a whole lot easier for me to stand up here this morning and say, you know, all you need to do, guys, is just say a little prayer, and, and then you're in good standing with God. You, don't change anything it's not a big deal just keep living your life the way it always has been and and you know god's going to do these awesome things for you it'd be easier to say that but i can't honestly say that because it doesn't really work that way this you know so this isn't a a super fun sermon to preach but it is so important to hear this if you're ready to stop playing games and step up in your faith and say god i want to be a hundred percent sold out So with this in mind, I just have a few questions to ask yourself this morning and hopefully this week. First question, have I ever been fully broken by God? I'm not, I'm not asking if you're a Christian. Okay, I'm asking if you've ever been fully broken by God. And, and you have to think really hard about this. The, the answer is probably no. Well, I try my hardest. Yeah, it's not about just trying harder. Well, I, I do my best. It's not about just doing better. No, you, you have to be fully broken. Question number two, what is holding me back from being fully broken? Okay, is it, is it sin that has a grip on your life? Maybe there's a specific sin. And you know what that is. Is it pride? Is it not wanting to get out of your comfort zone? Is it being afraid of what I might have to deal with if, if, if God breaks me? Maybe you've never even really thought about this. So what, what's holding you back? This last week, many of, of you asked God to, to search you. Okay, the next step is allowing God to break you. Question number three, what might God be able to do through me if I allowed Him to fully break me? Just allow yourself to, to dream a little bit. Think about your, your circumstances. Think about some of the things you, you've been through. What could God possibly do through you if you truly started turning everything over to him? How might God be able to use you to help others once you have been broken? What might God be able to do through me if I allowed him to fully break me? So think about these things this week. But the overall dangerous prayer this week is God, break me. There are cards in, in the seatbacks in front of you and, and so I encourage you to take one of those cards home with you. When you sense what God is telling you this week as He, as he breaks you, write it down on the card. If there's somebody you can talk about wh- about this with, do that. In a minute, we're going to have a prayer time. and, and uh, we're just going to kind of start praying this prayer if you're willing. And I hope um, that you'll be willing to pray this prayer, Break Me, God. Um, if there aren't enough cards in your row, um, one of the ushers, you can raise your hand and they'll, they'll bring you one of those cards. But before we pray, um, let, let's read this, this verse together. We did this last week too. And I think it can be powerful to, to read this uh, together. And so Psalm 51, 17. Let's read that now. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. And so let's take some time um, to pray. You and God, as the, as the band plays in, in the background, just open yourself up to God just between you and God and and then I'll I'll close us in prayer but let's do that right now let's pray This this isn't really a, just a, a fun, feel-good thing to talk about, but I, I think it's something that we all need to think about and pray about at times in our lives. You know, God, do you need to, to break me? Do you need to break me of a, that sin that has a stronghold on me? Do you need to break me of my, my pride? Do you need to just uh, uh, show me where I need to be broken? So I, I pray that, that each of us will be willing to open ourselves up to what you may have to, to share with us. And, and Lord, I pray that if there's, there's breakthroughs that can happen, that, that we'll see those breakthroughs happen and that you can kind of use us on the other side in, in even bigger ways. we just pray the prayer. Break me. Break me. We love you so much. It's in your name we pray. Amen.